Welcome to Thought Jar, a podcast run by high schoolers, where guests share their unique perspectives on art, education, society, and more. I'm Samuel, and I will be your host for this episode. And we have two very special guests here today, Ian and Yunli. Shall we all say hi? Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> okay. Today we will be talking about college experience. So. Ian and Yunli are brothers and sisters, and they have both graduated from Asbury University, which is,、um, please correct me if I'm wrong, which is a smaller liberal arts school, which、um, bachelor's degrees in accounting. And Ian also completed his master's degree in accounting and is currently working as an auditor. And Yunli is currently working as a part-time English teacher. So then, as college graduates, both of our guests. Have no doubt a lot of helpful insights to share, especially to those like myself, who as yet have been、um, only dreaming of college. So, without further ado, we will be jumping right in. So, the first question: Can you guys describe the classroom experience in college? I mean, how the class are taught, and how、um, how the assignments are assigned, and and how are they different from high school? So, a common term, I guess, maybe we can start here is. Common term that you hear in college is the word,、um, is the phrase "syllabus shock." That's the shock that you get when most students, when they receive their syllabus or their schedule for the semester,、um, that kind of lists all the homework that they have to do. Often, students kind of go into shock when they realize, "Wow, there's so much work to do," and it's that sense of overwhelmed kind of feeling、um, and sense of like, "How am I ever going to possibly achieve all this?" I would say that's a pretty common experience in college because they load you with all your work up front.、Um, class-wise, though, I would say it really depends. You know, if you are in a more general class that everyone has to take, you could be in a class with up to forty people. Probably not have a lot of chance to get to know your classmates. But on the other hand, if you take a more specific major class, like an upper-level accounting course, the class size would probably go down to like ten. Um, or twelve, and so then you get to like get to really interact with your classmates a lot more. I see. I, I see. would add that、um, depending on the professor, it also varies. Well, first off, this is like obviously an in-class experience、uh, versus online, <laughs> um, and I know、That's、that、true. for me personally, that definitely helped a lot. Just learning from a professor in a classroom, I definitely absorbed a lot more information than I would have thought. Um, classes vary, as always, according to their teachers. Sometimes you get really organized teachers. They give you the syllabus and has all the homework you need to do, all the exams, all the date. For them, the syllabus is a contract. Like this is our agreement. Other teachers are like,、well, "I'm coming to class. I kind of have something planned today. Maybe not. We'll see how it goes." And so it really is up in the air. Yes. But the nice thing is that usually you do get a syllabus where they tell you upfront what is going to be done. Most of the time, there isn't much change, so you get to plan out your schedule beforehand. It's nice. I see.、Um, so how how is the process for you to、um, when when you jump from high school to college? Was it a lot of change? Did you、um, cope with the change as well? What advice would you give to someone who is about to make that、um, leap? I would say for、um, especially homeschoolers, it's not too big of a change because、um, you know how to organize your own time. 
you're making your own schedule, your own work hours, you choose your own classes. In that sense, like our homeschoolers are usually pretty well prepared. I would say the biggest change was completely leaving the home and having a lot of activities outside of just school to take from. You get to choose your own um, activities, your own clubs. You choose the people you spend time with, like how to make friends, and also just learning how to live outside of your home country. That, I think, was a major difference going to college. I see. Um, do you have anything to add to that? I was about to say, for advice, I would say read your emails. Read every single one of your emails. That oh, is the so primary way that the college will communicate with you because they're not going to show up at your door and say, hey, do your homework or, hey, we've got a fire drill going on. They're going to send it to an email to you. So if you don't check your email constantly, you're going to miss out on basically all the information the college can send you. Um, so like events, you know, um, that are happening on campus when the teacher says class is canceled today, that's all going to show up in an email instead of a text message. So that would be the biggest piece of advice I would give. Great, great, awesome advice. Um, can you guys also talk about how you balance your studies with your personal life of having fun and staying healthy? Uh, uh, well, <laughs> you don't balance it well initially. It's just, you, you learn it by doing, let me just say that. And even, as when I was a senior in college, it still wasn't easy. Um, the truth of the matter is there's always going to be a lot of fun things to do on campus. There's always going to be homework to do. And you always, you're always going to need sleep. <laughs> so it's really, um, I would say it's, it's, it's realizing that sometimes it's worth giving up a night of fun to get a good night of sleep because you're going to just, you know you're going to suffer the next morning through all your classes if you don't have a good night's sleep. Um, it's knowing that, but also sometimes doing exactly that, having a night of fun, you know, and feeling tired the next day, but it being worth it. It's, it's a juggling act, you know, you kind of, at least for me, I like to, I tended to flip-flop between two um, and not say I'm all about healthiness or I'm all about just making sure I get my homework done or I'm all about, you know, um, having fun you know it's it's about a balance between the three and you kind of rotate sometimes you have more of one sometimes you have less of one at least yeah that's that's how i would say it went for me that's pretty accurate um describes the balance as like a triangle you have work on one, you have sleep on the other on the last side you have social um you figure out through the course of college what your priorities are. Like sometimes you go without sleep, sometimes you go without fun, and sometimes you just let your schoolwork go. You figure out what is important to you in that season of life and how you want to prioritize your time. Because essentially these three, they all rely on that one resource that we do not have enough of, time. <laughs> and so sometimes you do a little bit of GPA calculating, like, okay, how many assignments can I get a lower score on? Or how? what's the minimum score I need to get on a test to get a good grade? Other times, you're squeezing your friends in during lunchtime. Another time, you're squeezing in naps between class time, like a seven-minute nap. You know? It, 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 
<laughs> it is what it is, and it's a good time to figure out, yes, you don't really fully get the balance, but you can get as close as possible under priorities. Yes. I see, I see. Thank you. So, Yunlian Yin, can you tell us a little bit about your major, how you have come to choose your major, and, you know, what are the things to pay attention to when you choose your major? Uh, there was very little choice on my part. I kind of fell into it. I knew I didn't want to do, I was good with math, um, so I knew I wanted to do something in either math or sciences or business. Um, I decided that I didn't want to study super hard, so I didn't want to do the sciences. So that left the business. Um, and I actually ended up taking an accounting class my first semester at Asbury. And um, surprisingly, I loved it. Most people talk about accounting like it's slow, it's boring, it's hard. But I had a fantastic professor who knew what she was doing, and I fell in love with the subject. It also helps that you know, for me and Yunli, our, our dad is an accountant, so it kind of runs in the blood a little. <laughs> just not just our dad, but also I'm pretty sure like our grandfather and my uncle as well, all accountants. Wow. Um, I reached my uh, major by process of elimination. I initially thought I would go be a physical therapist, but freshman year, I stocked up on courses. Like I stacked my courses. I took so many. I took a lot of junior level courses when I was a freshman because I was like, okay, I'm trying to figure it out. I decided I didn't want to do math because I'm, I don't like math. I decided I didn't want to do English or history because those were not how my brain worked. No science, no art, no music. What did that leave? Business. <laughs> and so I took the intro to business courses. Um, I was highly recommended to take an accounting course by Ian. Haha. <laughs> And, about to say. <laughs> <laughs> and when I took it, it, it made sense. I wasn't perfect at, perfect at it by any means, but it made a lot of sense. Like somehow that was how my brain worked. And even though I wouldn't say I'm necessarily great enough at it to do it like a natural, I did appreciate the opportunities and the aspect of like the perspectives on life that the school of business produced that was i think the final um thing that tipped the scale for me just meeting the professors who were great um learning about how we as christians can view business um, learning how to organize numbers and information how to organize my mind that's what i learned in business and i think that's what made me really stick it out with accounting Ah, I see. So what kind of advice would you give to incoming college freshmen on choosing their major? Honestly, I would I'd go say ahead. sorry. <laughs> I'd say um just try as many classes as you're interested in. Like you don't you're not you don't have to pick a college uh major when you first are a freshman. So that's the best part about being a freshman is you know, you can Take whatever classes you want. Like Yunli said, she took some junior level courses as a freshman in physical therapy, I believe, because she was interested in PT. And um, she decided that wasn't for her and dropped it. I was not interested so, anymore after that course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you, you, you try a course, you don't know oftentimes until you try it. But then once you try it, you immediately realize, kind of realize, oh, do I want more of this or do I want no more? <laughs> 
Like I'm out. So I would say don't be afraid to experiment. Don't be afraid to try different classes and don't get pigeonholed into one major early in the beginning if you're not sure. Mm -hmm. Especially because with the advantage we have with most American colleges and especially uh, liberal arts colleges is that you don't have to have a major going in. I know that's not always the case, especially with the British system, but um, we do have that freedom in the American system, which is great. So you have two years. You can you don't even have to necessarily decide a major until your sophomore or junior year. And some people change that even later on. Um, I would say don't focus too much on, okay, I have to pick the perfect major now or else my future is going to be ruined. Um, because <laughs> yes, like some of these, it's like, okay, if you really know, you know for sure that you really want to go into like math or science or be a doctor, then of, yes, you have to choose your major based off of that. But for me, it was like, I'm right now I'm not teaching accounting. I'm not an accountant. I'm a teacher. I'm an English teacher, but um, I, still stuck through with accounting because one it's a useful skill to have and it wasn't impossible for me to learn and two i chose my major based of the skills and the pe the skills i would learn and the people i would meet in business i learned how to compose myself how to give speeches how to present information and how to conduct myself in a more professional environment like all those i may not have picked up in another major and even though I may not be an accountant, these skills will always tide me through. They will serve me well. And you look at the professors. If you really love a major, but sometimes your professor is not great, that can ruin the major for you. So that's also another thing to consider. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So to summarize, pick difficult courses to see what your major is all about. If you like it, stick with it. If not, just go find another major. Thank you so much, Yinli and Ian. Next, we will be moving on to the second genre of questions, which is social life. Okay, so first question. Um, can you tell us about the, so, uh, the cultural shocks that you encountered when you moved from China to America for college? <laughs> Everybody goes, how are you doing? And then they say like, hello, and they move on. You're like, okay. <laughs> Would you agree, Ian? I've lost count of how many times I've tried to answer that question. Like, oh, I'll start like talking about how my day is. And people just be like, uh-huh, and keep going. And, like, they'll just keep walking or something. And I'd be like, wait, oh, whoops. I guess I wasn't supposed to answer that question. <laughs> now it's a little bit better. Um, now I just say, good, hope you're doing well. Or like, how's your day going? And I keep walking. And they'll say, as we're passing, good. <laughs> so... I, I, there's definitely an aspect of culture shock. I mean, it, it, it's a di totally different country, right? So there's bound to be places, areas, um, you know, where there's a clash. Um, for me, that was humor. A lot of things that Americans found funny in their conversations or even actually just what they like to talk about. They love to talk about TV shows. They love to talk about, you know, other people. They love to talk about, there's just other subjects that I just didn't have a lot to offer because I didn't watch TV shows growing up. I didn't talk about other people growing up. I, I didn't know all the actors or know this athlete or that athlete growing up. And so a lot of it honestly was just listening in the beginning. Um, yeah. So I, I think there's definitely culture shock involved and not to mention, don't even get me started on the food. Like, oh, goodness. 
I mean, the, the cafeteria is a glorious place for about one week because you get unlimited ice cream. Yes, and the you ice get cream. unlimited pizza. And oh, you're yes, like, oh my pizza. gosh, I can eat all the pizza. I can eat all the ice cream I've ever wanted in my entire life. And you Ian, do that for seven days. Okay. And then Ian you're like, ate I ate ice cream at every meal. Ian ate ice cream at I, every meal for a solid week. <laughs> <laughs> and then I hated it. And I didn't eat ice cream again until like my junior year. <laughs> and I actually never touched the pizza again. So it, it, it's it's definitely a culture shock too with the food. Like it's it, there's a lot more bread, a lot more sandwiches, a lot more. Um, not a lot of rice and noodles. So that was something I also ran into is that I was surprised at how like people made a lot of small things a big deal, and that's what they talked about. A small thing happened in their day, and they relate it, and they make the make it this big story, and people are so entertained. That's something I never knew to do. I didn't know that was a thing. Um. So I was caught off guard by how much people shared just about the random small things. I didn't know you could do that. Uh, but it's actually, so you decide whether or not um, you want to pick that up. It's definitely how people communicate, the kind of conversations people have. Like, obviously, there's always a range no matter where you go. Like, there are people who are really thoughtful and people who are really shallow everywhere you go. You just, you find your people. Yes. And tipping. That's another thing. There are, there are just so many small <laughs> details, you know, that make up a culture, yeah. like tipping, having to calculate tipping. What, it, what even is tipping? How, like how much you give? It's, it's in the small details. Yes. So definitely culture shock. Some. Actually, I think we were, we didn't suffer that much from culture shock just because we were so exposed to American culture from the books we read and the movies that we watched. And we also had international friends at home. So that did help a bit, would you say, Ian? Yeah, I, I definitely think it's more the small things, not anything big. It was just like something small. Like I remember on one of my first times when I, um, you know, asked a friend, "Hey, like, there's a milkshake shop downtown. Do you want to walk to it and grab some milkshakes?" My friend just said, "No, I'm not interested." And I was like, "Oh wow, that hurt," because uh, <laughs> I just wasn't used to that kind of like a blunt. No, I'm not interested. Kind of reply like. I feel like if you were Chinese, you'd say, uh, I'm busy at the moment, you know, or uh, maybe another <laughs> time, you know, maybe, and it might also just be him, right? It, it could be like just the way he communicates, but stuff like that, small things like that definitely are, were what caught me off guard. And also just like FYI, it's the North is going to be a lot more reserved depending on where you go. People are less likely to say hi to you in the streets. They do their own thing. Life is more fast paced. We, Kentucky's kind of an awkward middle. We're kind of the South, but we're kind of not. But if you go to the South, people are a lot more friendly. You, your friendly stranger that you're next to in the shopping mall might ask you how you're doing. How's your day going? Uh, people will nod to you while you're in the streets. So depending on where you go, you get different kinds of culture shock. It's, it's great. <laughs> wow, that seems like quite a bit of culture shock. So can you tell us about your friends making process uh, with this culture shock involved was making friends difficult for you? I was lucky because when I went to college, Ian had already been there. So he'd already kind of like had a friend circle that I kind of knew so that they were quality people so I could be friends with them. But I would say that most, I definitely struggled with making friends the first semester for sure. And I would say it took until the sophomore year 
for me to really grow comfortable enough with a, and say I actually have a circle of friends all from different groups yeah it's, it's definitely not easy um I think for me I struggled a lot my freshman year with making friends and even today I, I there are still pe- a lot of people that I don't feel like I can have a good connection with it's hard for us to find common ground, hard for mm-hmm. us to find areas of common interest. And I've just accepted that there are people who I can't get along with per se. And that's all right. You know, I, I, there, there's just going to be people that I just say hi to as I walk by and say, hope your day's going or how's it going, you know, and, and just walk by, you know, um, <laughs> there's definitely people like that. Um, but there will also I be think- people though, that you wish you knew that, you know, you could be good friends. But just because of your schedule, your major, like your circumstances in college, you don't get to be friends with them. Yes. Sorry, Ian, I interrupted. You're good. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I definitely think there are people who, yeah, you, know, you chance by and you know you would be good friends, but you don't. You're, you aren't just because of scheduling and other things. You don't cross paths. But I'd say for the people that you do cross paths with, um, it's all about finding, I mean, for me, I think my, the people that I connect with the most are a lot of people who actually have international traveling experience, um, who kind of understand my culture, who are curious about other people's cultures, who are just open-minded in general and willing to ask questions. Um, I find that those people are usually the people that I get along well with. So, so now that normally when I'm talking with someone, like if I find that, you know, they're reacting well. Um, I usually find out they're international. They have some international travel experience of some sort, mm-hmm. which I'm not surprised by. But coming actually back to you know culture shock, one thing that Americans like to do, or yeah, you know, in general actually is small talk. It's a big deal to not dive too deep. I think for me as an international, I was very comfortable asking questions about, oh, "Who are you? Tell me about your life story." Tell me about what you love to do, what you're passionate about. Tell me what gets you out of bed every morning. But questions like that, I feel like can be very sudden to some people, uh, a lot of people, and they clam up. And I've learned that it's all about small talk. It's talking about boring things like, oh, you see, look at the weather today. It's so hot out. Can you believe it? You know, and it's starting with topics like that, that, facts that everyone kind of just knows and accept um that helps you to transition into yeah are you gonna you know are you gonna get something to drink like something to cool off like you are you gonna do anything to get out the sun later today that like is you know kind of like a natural follow-up question to it being hot outside um it, it's things like this that i've learned and that i've definitely didn't know when i'm coming into college uh, because there are times when i you know went too far too deep too soon and you can tell from the look on their faces, they're just like, did he really just ask me that question? Or that like look of like awkwardness or just like unwillingness to hesitancy to answer. And that's when like, oh, Ian, you blew it. You you went too far too deep too soon. Um, so yes. I would because, say knowing yeah. small talk. I, I think it's because somebody explained this to me. It's like, you have to realize that most of these people they grew up in the same town, the same house, the same few people their entire lives. And so the time they've had to go close to somebody 
is, you know, 18 years. Whereas, you know, now in college, you have like maybe one or two years to get to know like who you want to be friends with. And when you have people who, like you say, you don't really have international experience, they're not up for, they're not ready. They're, they don't know how to interact with people who are drastically different from they are. Um, and so in that sense, it's hard to be friends with them. It's almost impossible because we just can't relate. Um, but I would also say, yes, small talk, but also the people you happen to go through life with. One of my closest friends now, the reason we became friends was we went to women's choir every, like two times a week. And after women's choir, we would go get our mail together. And through the course of the semester, that's how we became friends. Other people, they will choose you. They will go, I want to be your friend. And you can relate enough that because of their in motivation and their intentionality, you become good friends. And that's how one of my best friends also, like how I got to know one of my best friends. She just kind of adopted me. She's like, let's go watch a movie. Let's go get ice cream. Let's go, you know, hang out. And yeah, so you have people you choose that you pursue. There are people who pursue you and people you just kind of get to know by going through life together. Yeah. But yes, if you find somebody you get along with and you really like, go after them. Make it happen. <laughs> I see. I see. Great. Duly noted. So coming to our last question, can you guys name the most important thing that you learned in all four years of your college life? Oh. The most what is the thing. most important thing? I am so bad with questions like this because there's so many important things that I feel like I know. And like, I just can't rank them. You know, it's like so hard to say this is the most important thing um, I learned in college. It's like my movies. I just can't pick a favorite movie. I just have a top five running list. <laughs> uh, well, for me, one of them was conflict, confrontation, like conflict management. Um, especially, I think Asbury emphasizes community a lot. And part of living in community is that there will be conflict. There will be times when there's tension between people. And I didn't have a lot of good friends in high school. So when I was in college, I, it was the first time I'd been put in a situation where I actually had friends that I might grow frustrated with or angry at. And it was at Asbury that I learned how to not just hold on to you know, sometimes we harbor feelings and we just hold on to them because we don't know how to talk about them. We don't want the awkwardness of like telling people that we're angry because we want them to think we want them to think that we're good people. We're, we like them. But the truth is we have that little thing just chewing away inside of you and learning to be honest and vulnerable with my friends and telling, hey, this thing you did really hurt me. Knowing how to have that conversation, when to have it. Like that was, I think, that one of the most important things I learned in college. I will also say that um, Asbury did a lot for that's just like just my spiritual life because we go to chapel three times a week. Um, chapel usually there's worship and then somebody shares a message or something um, about their lives. Usually a missionary or just an everyday person who has a surprising story about God. Chapel three times a week, and then I was also involved with WGM, a student center by campus. And they would have missionaries come through every week, sharing their stories, sharing how they got into the field. And 
I wasn't necessarily a strong Christian going into college, but after four years of that, like it's rubbed off on me. And I would say that I carry constantly in mind like, a bigger picture. It's not just about me and my tiny life, but the yeah, like I'm one thread in a tapestry. What is the tapestry? Like keeping that in mind. Like I don't have to be too worried about where I'm at. I don't have to be too worried that I'm not necessarily in the best position of life right now. Like, just learning to be okay. Yeah. Learning to be okay no matter where I'm, where I'm at. That's good. I would agree with that. Um, honestly, cherishing. That's something I actually learned after college, honestly. Like, being in college and then being a- out of college. I think that's something I learned after I graduated college and looked back on my four years. Um, and something that I don't think I would have learned if I didn't go through college is definitely, yeah. Like when you're in college, you're like, Oh, I'm college student now, but also you're thinking about what happened after I graduate. It's kind of like when you're a kid and you're like, Oh, like I'm going to go to college one day. So you start thinking about college, you know, it's, but by thinking about what's coming next, you miss out on what's happening in the moment. And Mm now looking back, I'm like, Oh, I wish I would have like been even more focused. I'm not that I wasn't, but just even more so focused in, my time at Asbury, enjoying the time I had with my friends and enjoying the time I was learning or being on campus and having chapel three times a week because I don't get that now, you know? Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> but when I was in Asbury, there was part of it that was like, yeah, oh, I'm thinking about, oh, I'm, I want to have a job. I want to start earning money. You know, I want to start my career. But then part of that actually took away from my experience at Asbury. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, I would agree with that, Yuli, like being focused, okay. being present. Living uh, life to the full, man. When when else are you going to have this time in life when you have four years surrounded by a whole ton of people you could be friends with, where you don't have a, where you don't have to have a job, you don't have, really have to pay bills yet, um, like, and you just have homework. All the professors tell you, you think you're busy now, but you will only get more busy from this point. And he was right, even though we had a lot to do in college, a lot of it was of our own choosing. We choose the activities we do. We choose the people we invest in. But when you get out, it's going to be work. It's going to be laundry. It's going to be doing errands. You don't get a say over that. You have to do those. So living living life to the full, to the max, do everything. I experienced everything I could possibly reasonably experience in college in terms of activities. And I have no regrets about in that to say, scenario. Don't, don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, not being afraid to say yes in college. I mean, this is kind of turned into not, Maybe not necessarily the most important thing to do. I learned in college, <laughs> yeah. but more of like, I would, I, I, going on a tangent here, I would agree with, I would say saying yes to opportunities you get because in college you're able to fail uh, without yes. big consequences. Yes. You know, saying yes to a, um, a leadership position and then realizing, mm-hmm. oh, wait, I'm not cut out for this role. That's okay. But saying yes to a leadership position in real life in a Ooh. job, and then not, and then realizing that you're not cut out for it, that's a bigger fallout than in mm-hmm. college, or saying yes to you know a volunteer position, and then realizing, oh, I actually love this. You know, it, it's stuff like this that by saying yes to, um, you know, you're able to experience, you're able to grow, you're able to challenge yourself and push yourself, and of course fail, but that's yes. just part of growing. You're going to do some things that you look back and you go why did I do that? And it's okay. It's better to do it now than do that much later on. (laughs) Wow. These are some really good advices. 
Thank you, Ian and Yunli. And that will be all for this episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in to Thought Jar. And we will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>